0: the inflation story and the interest rate story and the economic story from our next guest former senator phil graham for many years senator from texas i don't know one of the smartest guys i've ever met a mentor of mine helping me while i was in the white house he's now an american enterprise institute visiting scholar uh phil graham thanks for coming on appreciate it thank you larry let me begin. Some very nasty inflation readings this week. Consumer prices rising 8.3%. Producer wholesale prices rising 11%. Import prices rising 12.5%. Even with a reasonably strong dollar, import prices are rising. Uh, President Biden still in denial, blaming Vladimir Putin, blaming energy companies, blaming Donald Trump, (laughs) blaming everybody in sight. Uh, What do you make of it, Senator Graham? What are you thinking about?
1: Well, first of all, I think it's clear that um, the inflation rate uh, is, it it may decline in the future. Um, uh, Everything will depend on what we do in the future. But as of right now, the inflation rate is high, and there's every evidence that it is going to stay high. In fact, the decline from 8.5% to 8.3% for the 12 year inflation rate was almost all due to a decline in gas prices. And since not only come back, but they're now at the highest level uh, that we've seen in the modern era. So uh, I think we have a problem. I think it begins with spending. You can't spend uh, 50% more in government uh, and have the Federal Reserve Bank buy the debt that is created in that process without prices going up. Uh, It was unrealistic to assume that anything else could possibly happen. And uh, until the spending stops, Uh, we're going to continue to have inflationary pressures building in addition to the ones we already have.
0: So I don't see, from the spending side, Senator, I don't see any actions by Congress. I mean, Biden, for example, wants more spending. When when he gave his uh, speech uh, last Monday, excuse me, last Monday or Tuesday, he outlined about a half a dozen spending initiatives, you know, social spending programs mainly. Sort of a he's still pushing his bill back better. And the other one, Phil, that really troubles me is this crazy bill, this China Compete bill that's now in conference. Yeah. Uh eighteen Republicans voted for it in the Senate. Three hundred and fifty billion dollar bill. And so, you know, I see more spending, more borrowing and yeah money is still uh, easy but the spending side why are why aren't republicans standing up and, and screaming about that
1: well it's clear that there's at this point there's virtually no hope of a reversal and actually beginning to try to reduce money. Uh, but the incredible thing is that in the midst of this building inflation Congress and the president seem determined to increase spending. Uh, and I think the Chinese compete bill is a perfect example. Um, the uh, the whole uh, foundation of thought in the bill is that we can compete with China by out China and China, mm-hmm. by basically having government get involved in picking winners and losers uh there's already building evidence that we're going to have an oversupply in the future of computer chips and so what is government doing as new plants are being built all over the world trying to subsidize it with money we don't have and shouldn't be spending so no it's a terrible bill and i I've, I've written articles in opposition to it, um, but um, there is a compulsion to spend money, and when you're spending vast amounts of money, uh, the the uh, any resistance to spending it seems to vanish.
0: And the other side is, the Federal Reserve is buying uh, about half of the uh, bonds being issued, you know, borrowing to finance spending. And the Fed, you know, Phil, I don't, the Fed is awful slow. I mean, so many economists, including myself, for heaven's sakes, they're behind, they're way behind the curve. Uh, They've got, you know, they're raising the target rate by 50 basis points, Fed funds rate, with an an 8.3% CPI. I mean, let's assume, okay, the broadest inflation indexes, uh, personal consumption uh, index and so forth, inflation rate may be basic 65 to 7%, all right? That's the lowest I can find in any place. And the Fed's got a target rate that's le- less than 1%, so there's no positive real interest rates. And their balance sheet, they're still putting cash into the economy. They say they're going to slow that down, but they're still doing it. So I, I don't really get this. I mean, I don't see how we're going to conquer inflation here.
1: Well, I think they're trying to get a delicate balance to constrain the inflation without tipping the economy into a recession. And I understand that. And so I certainly appreciate it. But we are at the point now where inflation is the, the most serious threat the economy faces. It's something that's hurting every working family in the country. And uh Need to be decisive in dealing with it, and you know the Fed was very outspoken during the pandemic in urging Congress to spend money to stimulate the economy, and it was unprecedented. No Fed had ever done that before. And I don't understand, given that they were outspoken saying it would help the economy if you spent more, uh, then why aren't they saying it would help the economy if you spent less now? Mm, mm, mm. Uh, and I also believe that to constrain the economy, you've got to stop spending sprinting money, and you've got to have interest rates. Uh, constrain uh, borrowing. And uh, I think we're moving toward that, but I believe we started to put the brakes on uh, too late. I don't think we're pushing on the pedal hard enough. And we're simply compounding the problem And the longer we wait to take decisive action, I'm afraid the more difficult the problem is going to be. And real wages are falling. Uh, They've fallen more in this inflation than they fell in the uh, financial crisis. Uh, So we're really affecting uh, working people, supposedly the people that government is spending all this money to help. Uh so when people are going to wake up and decide that we're hurting the very people claim to be helping, um uh I don't know when it's going to happen, but it at some point here the problem is going to get so serious uh that uh something will have to be done. And of course we know in nineteen eighty uh, that uh, with the inflation rate at 13.5% and interest rates at 21.5%, the American people decided enough was enough and they sent for Ronald Reagan.
0: Now the cavalry's coming. <laughs> I, I, that's, that's <laughs> I, cavalry I wish
1: coming. I, we could use a man <laughs> like Ronald Reagan again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, sure. Yes we, we should. We were you and I were both young men when that revolution took place. We, we we were part of it. Um don't know if I see a Reagan on the horizon but 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 we'll see. Phil Graham, what what are yeah, the odds yeah. that we can have a soft a soft landing? What do you think about that?
1: Well, look, I think it's a, a wish uh uh that we uh, we all share um I think it's increasingly improbable. Um, And sort of my view is like, if you got a toothache, you know it's going to hurt when you go to the dentist, but you want to get it over with. Mm. And uh, I I think people are ready for decisive action. Um, And a lot of correcting policy is admitting you made a mistake. Uh, it's awfully hard uh, to change policy if people don't acknowledge the policy that created the problem uh, uh, was the wrong policy. And what we're doing now is this incredible example of where uh, the president says, we need more oil and gas production, but I'm going to kill the oil and gas industry Uh we're going to provide more land for leasing, but I'm going to take offshore leasing rights away. Um, and uh, all the time we can uh, claiming that the very thing that caused the problem, runaway spending, is the solution to the problem. Hmm. Now, I don't know even if they believe that. Certainly the American people don't believe it. But I would have to say it's very discouraging. That Congress keeps spending money mm. uh, and it's uh, it's remarkable to me i I can't imagine uh, under these circumstances that there would not be a growing voice in Washington saying, "Enough is enough let 's stop mm. the spending. Mm.
0: Senator, let me let me take a quick break. Uh, I want to come back and pursue this because President Biden's speech uh, this past week was in complete denial about this. And in fact, he keeps arguing that more spending programs uh, are going to lower costs for families and individuals uh, when in fact, it's just the opposite. He, will not, he won't own the problem, so we're never going to solve it. I've got to take a quick break. Senator Phil Graham, folks, I'm Larry Cutlow. We'll be right back after this brief message. From Wall Street to the White House, this is The Larry Kudlow Show. With former Texas Senator Phil Graham. He's now an AEI visiting scholar. Uh, Phil, I want to just pick up on this. You know, Biden's speech last week, he basically blamed Vladimir Putin. And then he you know, went on to make these political attacks. He was coming up with this phrase, ultra-MAGA. So they're trying to bring in Donald Trump. So blame Donald Trump for the inflation. There was no inflation during the Trump years. Trump left the inflation rate about one and a half percent. Biden denied, I mean, he was forceful. He denied that federal spending was the problem. And I just have a little list. Uh, In that speech, he called for more subsidies for child care, elder care, electric vehicles, farmers, home builders, and, of course, green energy wouldn't be a good Biden speech unless we had more green energy subsidies. So there he is saying spending's not the problem. And he put up a half a dozen additional spending plans. He's really still pushing for the five trillion dollar version of build back better. So I don't if you don't recognize the problem, how the heck you're going to solve it? If you don't own the problem, how the heck you're going to solve it?
1: Well, I think that's the problem. Um, I think. Democrats, when Biden took office, could not resist throwing away almost two trillion dollars—a fifty percent increase in government spending—and um, having thrown the money away, then they came f- and, and and spent it in ways that induced people not to work. Hmm. You know, not everybody in America has an exciting job. Some people work hard and they do things that uh, are difficult. And if you're willing to pay people the same amount of money for not working, there are a lot of people that are going to not work. Um, If you you do that, you're going to have a reduction in the number of people in the labor market. And that's exactly what happens. Uh, And at the same time, of course, the spending is driving up the demand for goods and services. There are fewer people working, so you're producing fewer goods and services. And we're not having cheap imports now because they have the same problems. And so all of this is creating... A problem that is not going to get better until we change policy. Hmm. Uh, it's sort of like being overweight. You're not going to get rid of being overweight by justifying eating more. Hmm. You have to <laughs> yeah. make a change. Uh, and if we're going to do something, and, and look, if we don't stop spending and the Fed really does put on those brakes. Borrowing is going to create competition for available capital and interest rates are going to really zoom. Hmm. So, um, we're down now to the point where this thing could get significantly worse. Uh, and you know, the, all the discussions are, it's going to get better. um, And some parts of it, the parts of it that have to do with the so-called supply chain problem, but much of the supply chain problem, Larry, is we're trying to buy more goods than can be produced. That creates supply chain problems. So it's it's not just the lingering effect of the pandemic anymore. Uh, It's not just the war uh, in Ukraine. It's... Government, in the midst of all these other uh, factors that are adding to the problem, continues to spend money. Uh, And as a result, the problem is not getting better and could get worse. And my guess is if spending doesn't stop and the Fed really steps on the brakes, that you're going to see interest rates go up significantly because then government is going to be competing with the private sector for available capital. And that's where big time recessions come from. So it's a no, serious uh, problem.
0: No, I, I was just going to say, Senator Graham, I was just going to say, uh, on the supply chain stuff, if you're increasing demand at a rapid rate, because of all this government spending and the feds easy money, um, nominal gdp which is a pretty good proxy for aggregate demand you know nominal gdp is rising at double digits 10 or 12 percent so pandemic or no pandemic you can't produce enough goods to cover that i mean i think that's one of the problems in the supply chain argument there, there's no miracle on the supply side. I mean, except for all the regulations that are cutting back on supply, but you know, pandemic stuff notwithstanding, how the hell are you going to meet enough, create enough goods? How can you produce enough goods to meet a 12 percent increase in nominal GDP? I mean, we've never well, done you're
1: that. You're always, you're always going to have a supply chain problem when you're demanding more than society can produce. Right. Right. And I mean, the supply chain has become an excuse. Yes. And again, how many people in the real world where you live, do you know that fix problems when they the best they can do in describing the problem is to make excuses? Uh, it just doesn't happen. Uh, and government. But it's not that different than the real world. If you can't say, here is the problem, we caused it, now we've got to undo the things we've done, you end up in the situation we're in now where Biden's solution to every problem is more spending.
0: Right.
1: And why is it the solution? Because it's the predetermined answer. They are in power, they are concerned, they're going to lose power, and they want to use the opportunity they have now to make government bigger, and they're willing to do it even if it produces many of these other problems. And uh, uh, the sad thing, of course, is the problems will be there when they're gone. And look, when Republicans take control of Congress— Uh, in six months. They're going to have some heavy lifting. Mm. Um, It's sort Mm. of, uh, you know, uh, it's going to be a hard job.
0: Um, We're going to have to have some leadership on the idea you make of spending less. I mean, that's really spending less. I just, my concern, I mean, I know the cavalry is coming, but I just want to make sure that the cavalry will have the right road map when they get there. Yeah. And I'm well, we concerned stop about that.
1: Spending before we can spend less. Yeah. Um stopping the spending train would be a major step in the right direction. Mm. Yes sir. Uh, and as you know, uh a, a a motion to spend money in Washington never dies from lack
0: of a second. <laughs> That's um, Exactly right. <laughs> Senator Phil Graham it's always a pleasure uh, my best you regards to Wendy Graham and thanks very well, much listen, for this morning you
1: tell your wife we send our love <laughs>
0: thank and, you uh, I'll you tell Judy she's you. around alright thank you sir appreciate Bye-bye.
1: it it's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event so give your friends something to look at like a B&B with an ocean view an endless field of wildflowers or a sunset that needs no filter